Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. A lot of people on the other side complain that LinkedIn is now becoming Facebook and people are sharing memes and all the personal stuff that, you know, they used to share on Facebook. Is there a line that divides Facebook and LinkedIn? Is LinkedIn supposed to be only professional stuff, only motivational stuff? So the people who complain that LinkedIn is becoming Facebook, I'm going to hold myself back. If I don't have anything nice to say, I'm going to try not to say it. But I think, honestly, people who complain in general probably aren't providing the most value to the platform. One of my tips, like if you are trying to be a LinkedIn badass, one of the biggest things you need to remember is actually my new mantra is stop caring, start sharing. If you care too much about what other people think, you are never going to go anywhere as a creator or as a content producer, repurposer, whatever you're doing on LinkedIn or any platform. You got to stop caring and start sharing. If you want to share it, then share it. If people don't like it, then they should stop complaining because the more they comment on it, the more they're going to see it. The algorithm, like I said, will take care of it if they just ignore that type of content. The algorithm will stop showing it to them. But if they comment complaining on all of it, the algorithm is going to get confused and think that they love that stuff. So I don't know. I don't think that there's a line in terms of like, you should only post this type of content or you should only post this type of content, but you should post like what works. You should post what is serves to grow your audience, to build your brand and generate leads. And if it's not working, stop posting it. If you're doing like, if I test doing another like 20 days and 20 tips on LinkedIn, I'm going to do like little videos like this. And it, for whatever reason, starts to work again, then I'm going to do that. But, and that's kind of what I always do. I'll revisit things that maybe didn't work in the past, like images didn't work in the past, revisited it, keep testing it every now and then. But, and if it have an open mind, don't judge people for what they share. That's like, just don't be a dick. If people don't like it, then that's their problem, my opinion. I think that there's a lot of differences between Facebook and LinkedIn in terms of how they work, but I don't think that was your question. I think the question was maybe like other types of content we shouldn't post on LinkedIn. People... I think that maybe the line is still there on Facebook is probably more appropriate to share things. And the more I say this, the more I find myself kind of cringing a little bit that I'm saying this, but like politics and religion, those two things are pretty taboo because they're taboo in the workplace to talk about politics and religion. And that being said, if you do post about those topics on LinkedIn, you will blow up. So you want to go viral, post about things that people are too scared to post about. That's the number one thing, as long as you can stand on it. So that's what I always tell my clients. Like, if you have something that is somewhat controversial, if you have a, a deeply held belief, a deeply held belief that is somewhat controversial or contrarian to the norm or, or like what most people think, then that is something that you want to post about. That's your viral content because you shouldn't post something just for the sake of being controversial. If you're like, I'm going to post about, whatever, I'm going to post about the gun rights or whatever, and it's controversial in America. And so I'm going to post about it because I know it's controversial and people are debating about it, but like, I don't really care about it. It's not really going to be a good look. It's not a good approach. But if you have an opinion on something that you is a deeply held belief and you're willing to stand by it, 
that's a good thing. Like you don't want to post some controversial thing and then delete it later because you're like, oh, it blew up. I don't know. The example I always give on that is like, I believe that there's merit to unpaid internships. If I were to post about like, here's why I believe that unpaid internships should be legal. In California, where I live, they're illegal. I'm not allowed to hire an unpaid intern, which I think is kind of weird. And I won't like, I guess I won't go too deep into the why and all this culture stuff around it, but whatever. The, have, being able to take an unpaid internship is basically a privilege. A lot of people just can't afford to do that. And so you have to come from a place of privilege to be able to do an unpaid internship. So that's why people have a problem with it, I think. But at the end of the day, if I posted about that on LinkedIn, it would blow up because I'd be like happy to defend my beliefs in the comments. And it's something that I think is worth talking about that is controversial that isn't just like controversy for the sake of controversy. Sure. So overall, if you believe in something, post about it. Yeah. If, and just share, don't care. Yeah. Start sharing. Start. Stop caring, start sharing. Exactly. If you overthink every post, if you spend like three hours on every post, I mean, then you're just going to, your business is going to suffer. So like, stop caring, start sharing and talk about things that people are uncomfortable with. Get vulnerable with it. That's how you build trust with your audience. Don't post things just for the sake of posting things that are controversial, but yeah, talk about your beliefs and be vulnerable, be real. If you're struggling in your business, talk about it. If you're doing great in your business, talk about it, but offer to help people at the, like, I'm doing great. This is what's working. Happy to share any tips, like offer value. Offer value and be vulnerable. That's very powerful. But how does that translate to content for smaller brands? If I'm a new brand, for example, and I want to kind of, you know, get some audience on LinkedIn, do some LinkedIn marketing, what kind of content would I write? So give me some context. What is, let's come up with an example. Who is the new brand? What type of brand? Let's say there's this new brand, this new brand called Mail Gorilla, and that's the competitor to MailChimp. It's like a new brand in the market, wants to disrupt email marketing, wants to be a competitor to MailChimp. They have two followers, the founder and the co-founder. How do they kind of go ahead and build a brand on LinkedIn. They got two founders, a founder and a co-founder. There's an email marketing startup and they're just getting started on LinkedIn and they're a competitor to MailChimp. So their ideal customers are probably like e-commerce store owners and basically any small business. But yeah, so how to get started on LinkedIn for them would be you want to start connecting to those prospects. So you want to be connecting to other, who do you want to use your software? I mean, I would give it away for free to people that you think would be like a good case study or a logo to put on your website or whatever, if you're just getting started out, because when you just get started, you need that social proof. So I think that's always the best strategy is offer it for free to people that you want to like put in your logo strip or have a case study or testimonial from. So I would just reach out to whoever those people are directly. And it doesn't have to be some well-known testimonial case study logo either. It could just be like Ashley, whatever from random e-commerce store, like that's almost more relatable, more valuable than some big uh, well-known brand, right? So number one, I would say optimize your profile. Make sure the banner says like the best alternative to MailChimp since sliced bread or whatever. Like here's the link. Use this. DM me to get your free 90-day whatever trial and put all that info like right in the banner. Put it in your headline, which is a very valuable piece of real estate on your LinkedIn profile because all of your content will show your profile picture and your headline. It should literally say like, 
best email marketing software you've never seen yet or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, like tell people like what you do in your headline. Optimize your profile. That's super important. Otherwise, your other efforts are going to be kind of like, what's the point? Who is this person posting viral content? Who is this person reaching out to me? But yeah, optimize your profile. Start to reach out to those people. Don't just pitch them and spam them from the beginning. So I have a very hard policy like anti-spam. People, they come to us like, oh, we do LinkedIn outreach. Is that just spamming people? I'm like, no, we don't spam people. We connect with people. We offer, you know, we express interest in them first. We're not like, greetings, sir. Are you interested in SEO? Here's a a list of 20 things we can help you with. It would be an honor to, to work with you. And you're like, I don't know this. Why did you just message me all this stuff? It's super annoying. That's spam. But if you connect with people and you're like, hey, I saw you're an e-commerce store owner. Are you using MailChimp? Or what are you working on right now that you're most excited about? That's a question I like to ask people because you just want to start conversations at scale. That's the goal. It's not spam people. It's not pitch people. It's start conversations at scale and show interest in them. Ask them about them. Flatter them a little bit. Wow, you look really... You're, profile looks awesome. Like your company seems interesting. Whatever little kind of subtle compliment you can give them, like would love to hear more about you. People want to feel special. So don't be too awkward about it, but show some genuine interest in them with a subtle, professional, appropriate type of compliment. Like your experience seems really cool. We'd love to learn more about what you're working on these days. Something like that makes people feel good. And then that starts a conversation where you can then kind of lead the conversation into, oh, so that's really cool. Congrats on your new rebranding or whatever you just did, the project you're working on that you're excited about. And then now they like you because you just, they just, you basically just let them talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. Then you can say, hey, by the way, like we're working on this new email marketing software. Would you mind if I told you a little bit about it? I call that the permission to pitch. So instead of just pitching people without their permission, which is basically spam, like ask them like, hey, would you be interested to learn about what we're doing? I just asked you what you're working on. Like, can I tell you about what I'm working on? No worries either way. That's kind of the approach that I go with. So in terms of the outreach, that's going to work the best. You don't want to like be a big time waster and just like start a bunch of random conversations. There's a time and a place in your outreach message to say like, are you listening to a cool podcast? Like what book do you, what's your favorite book? It's okay, but it could also just be a little bit like, why is this person wasting my time? There's like a fine line between not being spammy and pitching people also being too indirect and kind of like just wasting time. So it's just figuring out what's the right strategy that's going to work for the people that you're talking to. Is it a CEO? Is it a small business marketing manager? Think about who it is and talk to them like a real person. Talk to them how you would normally talk. So that's always, I always read that message out loud. Like, is that something you would say to somebody if you were standing in line at the coffee shop? Like, hey, cool. Like overheard you talking about your, overheard you talking to your partner or something on the phone. Like, are you working on like an e-commerce thing right now? That sounds cool. You're not going to be like, (laughs) most people, the way they write, LinkedIn messages is like a long ass email that's like information overload and it's not personal or conversational at all. So just think of it from a conversational standpoint. Talk to people like you would like to be talked to and how you would normally talk to people in person. So do that and then post the content. 
email marketing content. I would do a whole mix. Like, you know me, you just heard my whole spiel about content variety and all of that. And the number one thing as well is to not, you don't want to be selling in all of your posts. So you've probably heard of like the 80-20 rule. I call it the the 90-10 rule. Like nine times out of 10, you want to post content that's just engaging, entertaining, and informational, insightful, that is going to be, it's either valuable to them, like, oh, I just learned something, or valuable to them, like, that was entertaining and it made me happy. I'm glad I saw it. Those are the two main buckets. And then nine out of 10, that should be, your post should sort of fulfill that. And then one time out of 10, you can say, like, we're giving away, like, whatever. You can do a, you can talk about your product and sell your product directly. You can do that kind of stuff. You can ask your audience to like comment below if they want to learn, want the link for the free trial or whatever. But where people go wrong is that's all they do. They go to LinkedIn, they're like talking about their product in every post. And if you look at a LinkedIn company page or something, it's all like that. Like your company page is the same thing. You shouldn't be doing that on your company page. Company pages are the next frontier, but they are still terrible for the most part on LinkedIn and most platforms, I'm sure. Yeah, so post like, daily tips about email marketing that are going to be useful, like how to set up an abandoned car, how to like drive more opt-ins from your site, how to like reactivate your dead subscribers, how to do this, that, all that stuff. There's unlimited topics for email for this example. And at the same time, also share stuff that you like. So share like the viral videos that whatever resonates with you. It could be anything. If you like to share viral videos of People with crazy skills, like some ninja doing a backflip, that's cool. People like that. If you like to share videos, that's a heartwarming little kid hugging his friend that just like struck out of the baseball game, whatever it is. I don't, I'm literally just making that stuff up, but that's the stuff. If it makes you happy and then share it, your audience will appreciate it because you're not trying to sell. A lot of people are like, Houston, why are you sharing this stuff? This has nothing to do with becoming a LinkedIn influencer. It has nothing to do with marketing agency. It has nothing to do with what you sell. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. That's why people follow me because they know that I'm not going to try to sell them in all my content. I'm just going to put out content that they're going to enjoy. And they're either going to get value from it or be entertained and engaged with it. And it's funny. It's taken me a long time to get to that realization too. I didn't always post this kind of content. Yeah, like... Anyways, I was talking with someone else yesterday about this too. One of the other objections I get, like not ready to invest in your services because we haven't finished our product yet. We're we're doing that rebrand. We're just, we're tweaking our new site right now. And it's like, they're always like, we're going to come back to you in, in two weeks. And it's like, those people don't come back almost ever because you know why? Because they'll never be ready. They'll always be an excuse. And it's unfortunate, but the reality is the best time well, it's unfortunate for them because that moment where they feel not ready is the best time. That is the best time to start posting content. When you have nothing to sell, you have an unfair advantage to grow your audience because the moment you have something to sell, you're going to be more tempted to try to sell in your content and you're going to, your audience is going to turn on you because they're not going to be interested. So like, even if you're this new email marketing startup, even if you're still working at your other company, you haven't even started your email marketing startup, then just start talking about email marketing on LinkedIn. Start your own like email marketing tips newsletter. Start building a community, building a following, building an audience of people around that topic. So then 
three months later, you'd be like, by the way, just quit my job. I'm starting this new email marketing thing. And you have a list of 10,000 people that are already know you as the email guy. And they're now going to go sign up with the email butterfly, whatever your company's called. They're all going to go sign up for it. But if you're like, I just quit my job and I'm starting this thing. And now I'm going to post my very first thing about email marketing. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be looking for a new job in three months so or in three days. So having nothing to sell is your biggest advantage in content and, and building a following. And I just think it's, it's not something that most people realize. They want to wait till they're ready. And like, I'm just now going to start doing video content. I've just started this whole journey and recorded my first few videos the last week. My mantra is stop caring, start sharing. The other one is embrace the suck. It's going to suck. Creating content is extremely painful. Whatever type of content you're creating, it's extremely painful. Repurposing viral videos is a lot easier. It's not that painful. You should definitely still write some unique original copy to go along with it. Creating content is painful. It's going to suck. You're going to have posts that get no likes that no one cares about. And if you give up, then that will all be for nothing. But if you keep going with it, you keep posting, you embrace the suck, laugh at yourself when you get no likes, make a post about how, hey, my last post got no likes. Can somebody tell me what's up with it? What did I do wrong here? Like, laugh at yourself, be open, vulnerable, embrace the suck. It's not going to go well right off the bat. It takes time. Figure out what works, what you can do consistently and keep doing that and double down and triple down on that. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts there. And ask your friends to engage with your content. So basically create a, your own personal engagement pod type thing. Don't use LimPod, sorry LimPod, but don't use automated comments on LinkedIn. You'll get shadow banned. Your post will never get more than like five to 10,000 views. You might think, oh wow, 5,000 views is amazing. Never seen that many views on a post. Yeah, we found that. I post something and get 100,000 views and I post something with like a limb pod on it. I don't ever use that, by the way, if LinkedIn's listening. And it gets throttled. They can tell, but you need to have real engagement. So that's one of the hacks that is kind of our proprietary secret sauce is we have 30 plus clients that we work with. We manage all of their accounts. We're posting their content manually. We're not scheduling it. We post it manually and then we engage on our other clients' content each time we post the next client's post. We'll go leave thoughtful comments, reply to comments through all of these accounts that are active, engaged accounts that are posting content on LinkedIn. And it's a manual engagement process done by a team of humans, not like automated. But ask your friends, like create a little Facebook group chat, a WhatsApp group chat, a Telegram group chat, whatever it is, a text message group chat doesn't matter. Create a little group chat with a couple of your friends like, hey, we're going to post content on LinkedIn. We're going to really try this out. We're going to give it a go. And then drop the link to your LinkedIn post to your friends directly in that group chat and say, hey, everyone, please go love my post and leave some love in the comments. Would mean a lot to me. And just do that. Help each other out. That's going to make a massive difference. That's, that's a great hack. I'm going to try that out as well. One of the debates that a lot of... Uh social media influencers have is depending on a network and then having the audience at the network on the network versus owning the audience via emails or whatever, right? What's your take on that? How does LinkedIn help in growing that owned audience kind of category? That's a very great question. And it is something that keeps me awake at night. 
to be honest. I refer to them lovingly as the LinkedIn overlords. They own you and you don't own that audience. Let's be honest. Let's be real. And for the most part, you don't own that audience on any platform except for email or SMS or your own app. If it's on a platform, you don't own it. I'm sorry. That's You can have your TikTok account banned. You can have your LinkedIn account restricted. You can be shadow banned by the algorithm and not have any idea why. That happens on Instagram. I, I know I know it happens on, on LinkedIn as well. Like I said, it keeps me up at night. You know, I've gotten almost 100,000 followers on there. I've spent years building that. And I would say play by their rules. It's tempting to do things, but just be safe. Don't do things. If you're looking for the latest, greatest hack, you're just putting your account at risk. There's all, you know, so I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking. It's like your owned audience abiding by their best practices, staying within the safe limits, being respectful of their terms of service. Man, like the LinkedIn overlords, I love you if you're listening. I don't want, it gives me nightmares thinking about like if my account got banned. It happens to people. I know major influencers with millions of followers who have had their accounts permanently banned. They never got it back. And I know other major influencers who have a million followers whose accounts have gotten repeatedly banned and then brought back and banned and brought back. And it's so anxiety inducing for those influencers. And I'm like, why are you still breaking the rules? Like, just, just you've got a million followers, play it safe, play it cool. Don't need to push the envelope. If you've got three followers, whatever, try some stuff out, but just be careful. Don't create fake accounts on LinkedIn. That is the number one. So I have the LinkedIn Bibles. I'm going to release another little short free product called the 10 Commandments. It's kind of like is a be a play on the, the whole Bible thing. But thou shall not create a fake account is like the number one 10 commandment of not getting your account banned. So anyways, you don't own your audience. You don't. There are other ways to extract your network to scrape your following or, or do something like that. There's ways. Look up TexAU, TexAU, T-E-X-A-U.com. My boy Vic, he's awesome. He's founder of that. They've got some cool features that, that I don't use on my profile, but there's a lot of cool things you can do with that to automate pulling your followers and your own connections and expandy.io. That's a really cool tool. You can download your connections with emails and stuff like that. But again, you can't just take your LinkedIn connections and shoot them all in email. That would be spam, right? Yeah, you don't own your audience. It's so me personally, that's why I'm doing more video, embrace the suck. I'm trying to like build my following on other platforms now that I've got to around 100K on LinkedIn. And that is mostly to protect myself, but I'm a marketer. I want to see what's working on these other platforms too. Being the LinkedIn guru is fun and all, but I'm not a one-dimensional person. <laughs> I wasn't always the LinkedIn guy. So anyways, I think it's important to be omni-channel, to build your audience on other platforms because you never know, like you might accidentally break a rule. You might knowingly break a rule. Something might happen. You could lose your audience on LinkedIn, just like you could lose it on any other social platform. So yeah, play it safe. And then, like I said earlier, that bonus strategy of repurposing your top content on the other platforms and promoting it, building your audience, grow your email list. I mean, come on, email's not going away and no one can take your emails. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. You can get your email reputation can get hurt or whatever, but whatever, get a new domain, whatever, you can figure it out. Yep. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. 
This is super exciting. A lot of stuff, a lot of tactics here. Houston, thanks a lot for that. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Banff.com. B-A-M-F.com. Check it out. Search for Houston Golden on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, even on TikTok. I've got one video on TikTok right now, but I'm going to be posting a lot more soon. But yeah, just search uh, Houston Golden on LinkedIn. That's the best place to follow me and Instagram and Twitter too. So yeah, if you want to grow your audience, if you want to become a LinkedIn influencer or a LinkedIn badass, definitely go to our website. Just fill out like the short form there to apply to work with us. And we'd love to help you out. We work with tons of amazing entrepreneurs and executives, and we help them build their audience with engaging original content on LinkedIn. We help them generate leads by connecting with the right people, whether it's B2B prospects, PR, investors, whatever their goal is on LinkedIn. And we work with a whole range of clients, whether it's the example you gave earlier, like someone that's just starting their email marketing software or someone like Russell Brunson, the founder of ClickFunnels, Rob Deerdeck, and he basically runs MTV. We work with some really big influencers, but the majority of our clients are regular entrepreneurs that are small to medium-sized scale-ups and startups. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Wonderful, Houston. Thanks a lot again for your time. We'll get you back again sometimes in future. We have a lot to learn from you, but this was very wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening.